Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sharing Sweat Equity, a business podcast with the El Paso Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I am your host, Michelle Luebno, and we are recording from the Sun Carpets Podcast Recording Studio. First off, we want to go ahead and thank our partners who have made this podcast possible. Epicenter, if you are looking for commercial real estate in the El Paso area, you want to make sure to give Epicenter a call. They've got locations available all throughout town. Give them a call at 915-532-3456. Before we get started with our very special guest for our first podcast of 2020, I want to let you know a little bit about what we have going on at the El Paso Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. We are getting ready to launch a training session in March with the Disney Institute. So behind everything Disney does are service insights time-tested by decades of success. Join us for a Disney's Approach to Quality Service, a professional development course presented by Disney Institute. Begin to learn more about the Disney processes that could help you develop a culture that consistently delivers exceptional service. For more information and to register, visit our website at ephcc.org. This training session will be on Friday, March 20th at the Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center, El Paso, AEC Meisenheimer Auditorium, second floor, and the physical address for that is 4800 Alberta Avenue. So let's go ahead and get right into it with our special guest, Monica Moreno from The Job Connection. Monica is currently serving as the president of The Job Connection, Inc. in El Paso, Texas. She received her undergraduate degree and master's degree from UTEP. When Monica was 26, education took on a different meaning for her, especially because it did not come easy. She was pregnant and married at a young age. She did not find the value of school at the time. However, as time went on, she loved her studies and persisted to become the successful woman she is today. Moreno started out in the family business under the franchise of TRC Staffing El Paso. She grew the TRC El Paso franchise to 1 million billable hours in a one-year time period. TRC El Paso was the first and only franchise out of 80 branches to achieve this goal. At its peak, the branch was billing 40,000 hours per week. In 2000, the franchise was sold and Monica launched her two current companies. Her contributions to the Hispanic community have earned her five positions on boards and committees. Throughout her career, her deep passion for work has provided a solid foundation. Moreno attributes her success to her family. She felt supported throughout, all throughout her career. So let's go ahead and welcome our first guest for the new year, the new decade, Miss Monica Moreno. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Happy New Year and thanks for having me on. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it. When you were younger, did you always say, like, I want to take over the family business or was there something else that you wanted to do? Uh, I, I kind of always followed my parents around in what they did. I was in banking. Uh, well, first of all, I started at uh, Southern Union Gas at the time, and my mom used to work there in her younger years. And then I started in banking with my mom and stepdad, of course, at different banks. But no, I always thought I would be either an accountant, a technical writer, or a court reporter. I did try the accountant route, you know, mm -hmm. thought I started my studies that way, but then I would go home crying after every test, so that was short-lived. I <laughs> uh, just got the basics done. And then uh, the others I never attempted. So as far as the family business, it just really kind of happened because I needed to finish my bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, I had to finish up at EPCC, transfer to UTEP, and then there were classes that I had to take during the day. And that's really how it all came about. After you know, they sold the franchise, then at that point, I was 
given the opportunity to become a business owner along with my mom and stepdad. So. So what was it like taking over the family business? I mean, a lot of times they say, like, keep family and work separate. It can end up being a challenge. I think, like, working with businesses in El Paso, you always see, like, the next generation that tries to come and take over that family business. As much as the parents encourage it and want to see it happen, like, there is that little pushback between the two generations. So what was it like to go in and take over that business? My mom and stepdad were very involved. My stepdad, unfortunately, passed away in 2000. Eight, so then it was just uh, me and my mom. But thankfully, we always got along, always, which was amazing because that doesn't happen all the time. There's right. some family members, well, that you don't get along with, and you know, work is not fun when it happens. <laughs> so, but you know, so I think the biggest argument we had one time and wasn't even an argument. It was more we were going to have a grand opening for one of our new office locations, and I wanted to have alcohol, and my stepdad was adamant that we not have any. But in the end, of course, he won. (laughs) But no, I've been very blessed in that regard. And then as far as, uh, you know, the generations behind me, you know, none of the younger generation is really interested. So that's going to be interesting to see if somebody kind of uh, pivots on their careers and, mm-hmm. and actually decides to come in. A couple of them have tried it, but they're like, nah, it's not for me, <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. so do you still have family that's working in the business? And I guess my question is, like, if you're working with your family, it can end up being work all the time. So how do you make sure to separate your, like, family time from your work time with your family? Uh, we just don't really. So it's always been natural for us to work all day. And then if we're having dinner or going out for dinner, that's what we talk about. And, well, we love it. So <laughs> it's it doesn't get old. It's a good thing that you love it. And yes. so it doesn't get old when you're, like, having conversations at dinner and it kind of follows you home at the end of the day, too. Besides taking over the family business, I talked a little bit in your bio about being married at a young age and having a family at a young age. So beyond that, what has really been your biggest challenge um, as an entrepreneur and as a business owner? Uh, biggest challenge? Well, and I thought about that. I uh, The biggest challenge is probably trying to take on too much sometimes. So, for example, when we moved into uh, the building that we're at on, at 1250 Hawkins, I thought there was enough space to open a small retail store. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, this is my dream. I'm going to do that too. I'm going to do staffing. I'm going to do call center. I was going to do all these things. Well, I got my first real exposure uh, when we went to the Junior League Christmas Fair, and this was going to be our big shebang coming uh-huh. out. And oh my God, I never worked so hard and didn't make any money. Mm-hmm. And I just realized, I thought, you know what? This requires undivided attention. It's not like where I can spread myself out between the different businesses and I cannot let the family business fail. So I had to let that go, which is okay because man, it was a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I see all of those like Christmas fair booths that are set up. And I mean, just the amount of work that it takes to, to run and man a booth all day. I mean, I just, I can't imagine what how much work goes into something like that. So let me ask you then, um, up until this point, what do you think was like your best moment in business? Uh, Did you ever have like a moment where you're like, you know what, I made it. I'm a successful, powerful woman. And this is my moment. Have you have you had that yet? Um, Actually, so there's been a couple of times when we were a franchise and we actually were breaking records. We we didn't know how good we were. We were just we just thought everybody did this. Um, And then at one of the award ceremonies, and this was a long time ago, the president of the franchise company told my parents that he didn't think 
they would make it at all, that they'd be in business six months and they would be out. And uh, because we had no experience or they had no experience in staffing and it was really a hard run for them. I mean, they had to go take money out of IRAs and savings to get payroll done. Mm -hmm. So it was a real struggle for them. And then just kind of things just started popping along, you know, and I, I think having the right people in place um, and, and uh, getting the breaks uh, helps a lot with that. And then Last year, it was an amazing year for me. I won two awards right. through Tamak, <laughs> so that was awesome. Uh, Women of Distinction, one of 12 out of Texas, and then also Businesswoman of the Year for Tamak. So that was huge. And then last year, also, all the boards that I was able to get on, you know, El Paso Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, Borderplex Alliance was this year, and then I was able to get on West Western Heritage Bank Board. And as wow. you know, there are not many women on corporate mm -hmm. boards, so that was huge for me. And that it really comes to people believing in you. So Alan and Patty Russell were the ones that were recommending me for that board. And the first thing out of my mouth was like, do you think I'm qualified? <laughs> and her jaw dropped, and I was like, okay, let me slap myself and recover <laughs> from that dumb remark. So... <laughs> So, I mean, you have a lot on your plate. You're running your business. Like you mentioned, you're on multiple boards, committees uh, within those boards, additional committees. So do you have work-life balance? Like, do you have a personal life or is it all just work all the time? <laughs> uh, it's quite a bit of work, you know, mm -hmm. but I think, yeah, there are things that, you know, you think, oh, I, well, business is always important to me, but then there's different times in your life where this, you know, business might take priority over relationships or mm -hmm. anything else. But I think we, in the end, we all find the time for the things we really want to do you know um, working out is somewhere that I'm lacking in at this moment <laughs> but hopefully hopefully soon get back to it <laughs> so I mean when it comes to creating that work-life balance like some people do the whole like well I'm going to get up extra early and work out at like five o'clock in the morning which is not going to be for me because I physically just can't do that so how do you really like kind of balance your work and your life and trying to find some kind of um some kind of middle point there um, it's really, you know, you have to look at what you're doing. And, and so, for example, I'm part of Community in Acción, and, and they wanted, Aliana Apodaca wanted to nominate me for a board position, but I just had to turn it, you know, decline because I was like, oh my gosh, I have so much going on that, you know, you think, oh, well, this will only take an hour and a half a month. Well, mm -hmm. you know, all these things start adding up. So, you know, you really need to look at, at what you can and can't do because the last thing I want to do is get on a board and then not make a contribution. Right. To so we kind of covered um, like work-life balance and, and your best moments, but tell us about one of your biggest failures as a business owner and like really what you learned from it. You talked a little bit about um, trying to open up that retail store. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of what did you learn from that experience that you applied to your own business besides don't spread yourself too thin? <laughs> really, it's it's just uh, even though you can do a lot, I mean, there's some things that it's just not possible. So that type of business, I learned that it does require a lot of attention. It's not, you know, had I had an employee in place, maybe I could have done it. But without someone in place, that's not me it was never going to work. And the, and the same, I have a small promotional item business and that I kind of just dabble in. But there again, it's the same thing. It's, it can be time consuming. I just have to be careful of 
where where I spend my time and um, and those businesses uh, the staffing in the call center I really mm-hmm. need to to take care of so you are involved in staffing um, and really workforce as well so I would be remiss if I didn't ask you some information some tips on that like this next upcoming generation that are business owners and then also in the workforce, like what challenges do you see them having to face? Um, and what are some ways do you think that they could overcome those challenges? Okay. Well, I think about this generation of workforce. It's, well, we all need to see, okay, how can I still get the job done with the transitional workforce? Mm-hmm. Because for me at 29, I had four jobs. Sometimes I see people that have four jobs a year, right. you know, so it's really just kind of uh, the managing the flow of work so that if you do have a transitional workforce, there's uh, a way to keep getting the job done. So, yeah, I think that there's going to be some challenges in the in the upcoming workforce as well, where you have people who have more options like you can be your own boss essentially. So do you see like more and more people coming in who just want part-time because they've got those, what they call like side hustles Mm -hmm. in the gig economy and things like that? Yes, we get a lot of that. Um, And I think it's great that people have more options. You know, I, I think probably, you know, like my generation, you just probably, we thought, well, you know, we have to stick with this job. We have to retire from this job. Uh, People don't think that way anymore. And I think it's great that younger people are out there taking a chance you know where it take took somebody like me at an at an older age to like oh okay let me try this <laughs> <laughs> so on the other side of things um looking at somebody who wants to start a business or specifically somebody who is looking to take over a family business what would you recommend to them like what are three things if you were sitting down across from them that you would tell them uh I think the first one would have a would be to have a clear vision of where they want the business to go and then make sure that their activities that they're doing, whatever that is, supports that. And if it doesn't, stop doing it. Um, the second thing, uh, business in life is just surround yourself with smart go-getters. Keep nurturing your relationships so that people know that they can trust that you're going to do right by them. And then this is also helpful when people look around uh, and want you to be on boards, you know, if they, mm-hmm. they see your hard work, they, it, that will come. And, well, who you know does matter sometimes, so. Yeah, I think that we think like, oh, you know, there's so much that networking going on on social media sites and things like that. But sometimes you forget that it's the person that you know, like the person that you went to high school with or the person who was your coach in middle school that, that can help you make those connections in the real world outside of LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and all the different social media sites that can end up making a difference, especially for a, for a business owner. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then also don't wait for things to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, get analyzed and get things in place, but then you just got to go for it. So I think that's so important, especially <laughs> for, for women. And I feel like I tell the story on every um, podcast that we do, but like women are less likely to take the chance and like, they want to make sure that everything is perfect before you jump in, um, and men are more likely to to just jump in with things kind of being halfway done, or they're not necessarily completely qualified. So I think that's an important lesson for women to learn. Big one. <laughs> yeah. So if you could spend one day shadowing somebody, like within your industry or just somebody that you really admire, who would you pick as that person to shadow, and why? 
Well, and actually there's two. So I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan. I've been to a few of his seminars. Um, he's part of 50 different businesses, and, but not only a smart businessman, he gets down to the nitty-gritty of life, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I love that. And it's up to us to decide if we're going to create a life of our making or just react when things happen to us. So that's the biggest thing with him. And then this year I was able to go to a, a Dallas Cowboy game, and when I walked in, I was in awe. I thought, <laughs> I need to shadow whoever runs this. <laughs> right? I mean, same. That would I would love to do that as well. I think that I would probably um, do a little bit more talking at Jerry Jones than shadowing him. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> and not necessarily him, whoever's running whoever's the running, stadium. Yeah. That's who I who I'd like to. I can't imagine running such a like monster organization with so many moving parts and and so many different events going on. Um, that would be that's definitely a good one. Yes. So what we're going to do now is what I call lightning round questions. But if you've ever seen inside the actor's studio, it's kind of where I stole the idea okay. from. <laughs> I've never seen it. So hopefully it goes well. <laughs> so um, who do you consider a role model in your life? Uh, my mom and stepdad. They had a huge influence on me. That's great. So what saying or quote inspires you the most? Uh, my favorite is The Man in the Arena by Theodore Roosevelt. Okay. Do you want to share a little bit of that with us? Sure. Uh, so it's, it's kind of short. Uh, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who, who neither know victory nor defeat. And I think this applies to every entrepreneur out there. So Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's great for people to have and keep in their mind. Mm -hmm. Next question. What, as a business owner, is your daily routine like? Uh, or is every day different? <laughs> no, it's pretty much the same. You know, get to work... Uh, I get up around 6.30 or so because mm -hmm. I'm not a morning workout person. <laughs> I tried that in, uh, in December and I was like, I am so tired. <laughs> and then I get to work by 8 or 8.30 and then work till 5.30 or 6. Uh, but then usually I have mm -hmm. events after. It might be a client dinner. It might be a board meeting. Just a lot of things going on. Plus I have a lot of friends, so <laughs> I stay busy. <laughs> That's good. When you get home, do you kind of try to like shut down as much as possible? Like put the phone away or are you just constantly going? Constantly going. And I think I need to change that because this last year, especially I thought mm -hmm. I am burning the candle at both ends, but I, I don't shut off my mind. I usually put on YouTube videos of mm -hmm. motivational speakers, um, something like that uh, in, in the evening and the morning. I've tried to get away from watching the news so I don't go to bed with negative things in my head or start mm -hmm. my day that way. Right. So, yeah. Okay, and then the final one, which I think we're going to have to, like, put together a Spotify playlist or something like that for everybody to download. What is your favorite song when you need to get motivated or pumped up or energized? It would be Good Feeling by Florida. Okay. 
All right, that one's a surprising one. I feel like everybody, whenever I ask that question, everybody usually has a very surprising answer. Like I see you all at board meetings all the time, 7.30 in the morning. And so, yeah, that's really cool. We're definitely going to have to put together a Spotify playlist for people to download. Well, Monica, I want to thank you so much for spending some time with us. You are an incredibly busy woman, so I know how hard it is to kind of get some time to come in and do this, but we are extremely grateful. And I guess my last question for you is just, if somebody was listening to this podcast and they only caught two minutes of it, what is the one thing that you would want them to take away? Well, and really just to, even if formal education is not for them, that they they uh, do personal development by mm-hmm. whoever, whatever people motivate them. You know, Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, you know, there's so many out there that are amazing. So Great. Well, thank you so much for spending a little bit of your afternoon with us. We are extremely grateful. Um, this is Michelle Luevano, host of Sharing Sweat Equity, a business podcast from the El Paso Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I want to thank our partners, Epicenter. If you are looking for any commercial real estate in El Paso, make sure to give Epicenter a call at 915-532-3456 and let them know where you heard about them from. Also, of course, I would be remiss if I did not remind everybody that we are bringing the Disney Institute to El Paso for a Disney's Approach to Quality Service, a professional development course presented by Disney Institute, where you will begin to learn more about the Disney processes that could help you develop a culture that consistently delivers exceptional service. So for more information and to register for this event, go to ephcc.org. The event will be Friday, March 20th at the Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center, El Paso at the AEC Meisenheimer Auditorium on the second floor at 4800 Alberta Avenue. Make sure to reserve your seats because they are going fast and there is a limited number of spots available. So this is Michelle signing off from the Sun Carpets Podcast Recording Studio and we will see you all next time. Thank you. 